you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth a few of my favorite things coming home with my kids after a big day of work and then being exhausted from daycare and curling up on the sectional with a big stack of library books and plowing through them one by one as we snuggle under a blanket Another favorite thing, putting those kids to bed, getting into my easy chair with the ottoman, finding the remote that has definitely been misplaced by said children, and then watching a favorite mindless show. Another thing I love, adding my husband to the mindless show mix, curling up back on the sofa, and watching Downton Abbey, Golden Globes, you name it. The common denominator between all those favorite experiences is that they involve seating. Seating is so important. It's what makes your home feel cozy. It's what makes those memories comfortable. It's what makes you have that sensory of experience of wanting to run home, get in your PJs, and just slouch on the couch. Today's episode is everything that you've ever wanted to know about seating but were afraid to ask. I'm going to answer your questions, I'm going to give you my professional advice, and I hope that you find the perfect place to snuggle up with your family. Let's dive in. I'm Betsy Helmuth, and this is Big Design, Small Budget. When we're talking seating, perhaps the first place your mind goes is to sofas. And a sofa is the most important purchase you can make in your home, second to maybe a mattress. So, what are we looking for with sofas? Now, you've probably listened to Sofa Secrets. So, you know the overall point of view that I think that you should have a mid-tone sofa, and I do think it should be a fabric. Now, I have Renee writing in who asks, what type of fabric should I be looking for for my sofa? Should it be tweed, herringbone? What should I be looking for when I'm making this big purchase? And my answer, Renee, is that you ultimately want to look for the complete package. I don't sweat all the specific fabrics. In fact, if you're shopping retail, most of the time the fabric selection that you'll have to choose from is polyester or a polyester acrylic blend. And I love both of those. Typically, 100% polyester is going to be a fabric that's very easy to clean. And that is what I personally look for in a sofa. I don't care for microfiber. 
So even though it's extremely easy to clean, I find that it gets a lot of static cling. I also find that, you know, when you wipe your hand one way, it leaves a mark. And when you wipe your hand the other way, it leaves a mark. It's just not my favorite texture, primarily because of that static cling issue that we spoke about where, you know, everything from pet hair to human hair to dust bunnies seems to collect on it and be hard to wipe off. So I prefer a blend, like I was saying, acrylic, acrylic polyester. When I'm shopping at West Elm, I love their performance fabrics. They have performance velvets. I own a marled microfiber sofa from them. And while it says microfiber, it has a different texture to it. So it doesn't have that staticky, velveteen kind of look that we're used to. It has a really nice nubby texture that uh, conceals stains amazingly. You know I don't want you to go near the leather or the pleathers. And I also don't love a pure velvet sofa, only because you've got that same issue with the microfiber where you can see where you've sat. Basically, you have to comb your sofa so that it doesn't have these irregular patches from where people have brushed up against it. So I just find them to be a little high maintenance. The other thing I find to be high maintenance are sofas with loose back cushions. So if you guys shift around a lot, if you have kids who are constantly throwing your pillows all over the place, you might want to opt for a sofa that has a tight back or something that doesn't have a lot of extraneous cushions. Um, Some sofas have a purely loose back throw pillow type back. And those are just a nightmare because you constantly have to re-plump your sofa after you sit on it. So you want to think about high maintenance issues when you're picking a sofa. The other thing that I like to think about is that I never go for a patterned sofa. Your sofa should last you five to ten years, and you may not want a pattern to be around that long. So think about that. You also want to think about legs or no legs. So I love a sofa with legs because it feels a little less clunky and chunky. A sectional with legs can be the perfect thing because a sectional is so big and bulky, but once you put up on legs, it doesn't feel as huge as it is. However, when your sofa has legs, you can see everything under there and it's very easy for toys, different items to get trapped under there and to be a little bit unsightly. Whereas if your sofa goes all the way to the ground or has a skirt, those things are less likely to get under there and much less likely to be visible once they are under there. So things to think about. Now my clients do ask me, Betsy, you know, you mentioned sectional. Should I be going for a sectional, a chaise sofa, or a sofa? Let's talk it out. A sofa is the thing that can always go with you. I love a sofa. I love a three-cushion sofa. That means three cushions on the bottom because three people can comfortably sit there without one person being on the seam. If it's a two-cushion sofa on the bottom, then if a third person ever joins, they have to be on that uncomfortable seam between the two cushions. And I don't love a one cushion sofa only because you can really see the indentations of where you sit most. So oftentimes a divot starts to form from the most popular seat on the sofa. And then that one long cushion looks a lot less sleek with that dip in it. So I prefer a three cushion sofa. Now let's talk about a chaise sofa. A chaise sofa is just like a standard sofa, except that it has an ottoman attached to it. In other words, it creates an L shape, but the L shape does not have a full back. On one side, it is backless. Now, nobody wants to sit on the backless nubbin. So my clients often tell me, Betsy, I want a chaise sofa because it can seat more people. But actually, not. 
A chaise sofa sits three people just like a standard straight sofa. And you say, Betsy, what if I get a really long sofa? Couldn't it seat more than three people? No. No matter how long your sofa, it only sits three people comfortably because you don't want to be sitting on one end of the sofa and lean over and have to talk past Joe and Judy to get to Jamiroquai, right? So three people is a max on any sofa, including the L shape, because nobody wants to sit on that backless nubbin, that ottoman type part of the chaise sofa for more than 15 to 20 minutes. It's just not comfortable because there's not a full back. So it's just like sitting on an ottoman and not a sofa experience. So that's my little rant about a chaise sofa. I think they're so decadent and so wonderful, but three people is a max. So only get the chaise sofa if it's really an experience you just want to have in terms of being able to lounge on your sofa and put your feet up. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Now, the other option is to go for a fully backed sectional. That's an L shape or even a U shape if you have a really big room that's fully backed so that people can sit all around the perimeter and lean back comfortably. Now an L shaped sofa can fit quite a few people. Again, each arm is not going to fit more than three people because it's weird to talk over two people to get to that other one. So keep that in mind. Each arm is maxed out at three people and nobody wants to sit in the corner section of a sectional, that little corner piece and drape their legs over that tight corner unless they're really young and maybe they've curled their legs up underneath them. So keep that in mind when you're shopping for a sectional. Now, of course, the price points really differ, and a sectional is the most expensive. So you only want to buy one if you're going to be in your space for upwards of five years because it's a big investment, at least $2,500 if you're buying anything even halfway decent. And it may not go with you when you move because if a right arm sectional works really well in your current space, it not, may not work so well in your next space. So make sure that you're really committed to your current space for a good amount of time to make that sectional price point worth it. Same with the chaise sofa because there is an arm on one side or the other and you don't want to be selecting your next apartment based on if it can accommodate your right arm chaise. Now I do love a sofa like Crate and Barrel's Davis sofa that has the chaise which can be on either side so that way when you move you can just flip it to the other side and you have that 
flexibility, but it's very rare and it really limits your selection to find one like that. So if you're not keen on Crate and Barrel's Davis chaise sofa, which I happen to love, then you might be out of luck in terms of finding one that's that versatile. But like I said, a standard three-seater sofa can just go with you anywhere. So if in doubt, if you're moving around a lot, make sure you look for one that's just a standard straight sofa. And I highly recommend that it stick between 85 and 95 inches, whether you're in a house or an apartment. So that way you can be sure it will go with you when you move to your next space. So sofas, whew, there you go. Now let's talk about chairs. I have a personal theory on a chair. So a comfortable upholstered chair in a room is really nice, but unless you have a place to put your feet up in your chair, it's just not as comfortable as it could be. So I really am keen on getting a chair that has an ottoman or getting a nice recliner that's somewhat sleek and not too bulky because then you have the built-in ottoman which doesn't take up additional floor space but still provides you with a place to put up your feet when you're sitting on it. Now, there's a lot of different schools of thought in terms of should an ottoman match the chair or not. And I'm really open. Of course, it's just easier to find a chair and ottoman combo. And that's what I did in my living room on overstack.com for $400. And I love it. But um, certainly if you wanted to add an ottoman of a different fabric, I love the Moroccan style leather poofs that you can get on websites from Wayfair to Etsy for under $100. And they come in all these bold, bright colors and are the perfect thing to just prop your feet up on. You could also just use a ceramic stool and put your feet on that. It's not necessarily gonna be comfortable, but I love that it can do double duty in terms of putting a book or a drink on top of it as well. So there's a lot of Ottoman options and I don't feel like it has to match. That being said, I think the chair and the ottoman are wonderful places to add that pop of pattern that we were talking about not doing with the sofa. So I think it's fun to take some risks with your armchairs. I love the idea of doing a bold pattern or an unexpected texture. Like this could be a great place for that chunky velvet texture that that you have to kind of comb over with your hands but could make a really sumptuous statement in the room. I love the idea of doing a broad stripe or a really wacky watercolor floral like they have at Anthropology. So there's just so many cool chairs and you can really use them as small statement pieces because they're so much more compact and less overwhelming than a patterned sofa, which would just be a little over the top. Another thing I like to keep in mind is if the sofa in the room has legs, I typically choose a chair that doesn't have legs. Or if the chair has high legs, I'll choose a sofa that goes all the way to the ground. You don't want it to look like you shopped at the leg store. Just give me everything with high legs. And it can really look more unique and more designerly to have that differentiation on the floor. So think about that when you're shopping for your side chairs. What else could I say about a side chair? Ooh, you know what my latest obsession is with side chairs? I love a swivel chair. It's just so wonderful in terms of opening up different sides of the room. On one side of my room, I can see the TV. And on the other side of the room, I can see the view. And it's nice to have the option with one chair without having to get out to kind of just spool yourself around. So anyway, that's my new new thing. I'm looking for swivel chairs everywhere. Now let's talk about dining chairs because this seating is very important too. I think it'll determine if you uh, go out to eat or order seamless and stay in, which is definitely a money saver. Or say you cook, 
whoa, let's get real adventurous and cook. Well, if your dining chairs are comfortable, I think you'll be more inclined to do so. So let's talk about it. I love an upholstered dining chair because you really want to sink in and have people who are at your dinner party be comfortable to be there. Say you want to sit in those chairs to play Pictionary or Crimes Against Humanity. Is that what it's called? Cards Against Humanity. I just played it the other night. Super fun. Um, but I do not do a fabric upholstery because it stains and they just look disgusting. So say you're playing Cards Against Humanity and you happen to spill your red wine. Not that that would ever happen to me. Certainly not. But say it happened, it's just not going to come off of that fabric and your chair is ugh, ruined. So I prefer a leather chair. I have leather chairs. I love them. They look great. My kids slop on them. I spill on them. And then I just wipe it right off. Little sticky fingers push them under the table and I just take my rag and wipe it down. I really hate the tie-on pads because, again, they get stained. And even though they're potentially washable, those ties are just a little too country kitchen for me. And, of course, just getting a wood or metal chair can be a fabulous look. It can be really interesting in terms of a visual, but it's not very comfortable. And I am a big fan of comfort first, <laughs> looks second. Now let's talk about a dining bench or just benches in general. Now remember, people do not like to sit on things that are backless for more than 15 to 20 minutes. It's just not very comfortable. So only break out a dining bench if kids are involved because first of all, they don't stay at the table that long anyway if they're anything like my kids. And second of all, adults just aren't going to feel very into eating a three-course meal without a back. So I don't recommend a dining bench unless you're in a real dining pinch. Oh my gosh. I love what happened there. I love that. <laughs> also, you want to think about benches and ottomans as not being viable seating options in a living room. Because my clients are like, Betsy, let's get a couple more ottomans in case I have a big blowout party. Let's get an upholstered bench under the window. That way people can sit there. Adults don't want to sit anywhere where there's no back. I think we get it by now. So only get those ottomans if you plan on using them to put your feet up, if they won't clog and clutter your space, which they usually do. Really be discerning and ask yourself, would my friends, no, 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 strike that, would I want to sit there for any extended period of time? Same goes for counter stools and bar stools. People rarely want to sit there if there's no back. It's not very comfortable. So only do a backless option if it's just a place where you might scarf down a bowl of cereal or host somebody for a cocktail, but then immediately move to more comfortable seating options. So there we go. That's my two cents on seating. Everything you wanted to know, but were afraid to ask. And I think the one question that's been answered with a resounding response is your friends don't want to sit on something backless. If you take nothing else away from this, make sure it's upholstered, make sure it has a back, or make sure nobody has to sit there for very long. Looking forward to catching you next week. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. 
After all, a picture is worth a thousand words and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.